and welcome to Holistically Hope with Rachel Pontillo. I'm Rachel Pontillo, and today I bring you part two of my interview with the fabulous Sarika Cernahouse, author of The Funky Kitchen, licensed acupuncturist and traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. We are going to wrap up our discussion of traditional Chinese medical approach to skincare as well as facial rejuvenation using acupuncture and other natural and holistic modalities. You won't want to miss this. Uh, when it comes to more tone underneath the skin, that tends to be the domain of the earth element in Chinese medicine. Yeah, that has a lot to do with our digestion also. And it has to do with our ability to take in nutrients from the foods that we eat and then transport and transform those throughout the body. So when we see a person who's really edematous or maybe very puffy, uh, we might want to work on the earth element. Uh, likewise, if a person has lost a lot of that tissue underneath the skin, it's very important that we recognize we've got to build that person up from the inside. There's only so much we can do topically to build a person up when this tissue is very, very thin and weak. For instance, I have a person who um, has wanted to start doing cosmetic acupuncture with me, um, and she has uh, been without a uterus and ovaries for probably 30 years. And uh, the estrogen in a woman's body is is a way that we maintain that kind of puffy, fluffy, uh, you know, vital look of youth. When those elements have been removed, and we slowly but surely begin to pull on uh, the reserves of estrogen and our system, that really begins to wane. And so um, for this woman, what I told her is I said, I, I'm not going to do any acupuncture for you yet, but what I want you to do is I want you to really start working on your nutrition. We're going to work on working with antioxidants, increasing that because she's a real sun worshiper as well. Um, but additionally, I said, we need to work on collagen production from the inside out. And so we work with dried collagen for her from uh, grass-fed gelatin from cow. Um, and most certainly also working with uh, daily bone broth consumption, which is something that's becoming very popular and for yes. good reason. Yeah, it has a huge impact. Yeah, I know. It's so, so wonderful. Good. It's so comforting. <laughs> it's so comforting. It's so true. And so uh, it's been amazing because in a very short window of time, I mean weeks, she went from skin that would literally tear if she bumped into something to uh, skin that doesn't tear. Uh, the bruising is reducing tremendously. And I've moved into a phase with her where now I've started working with a little bit of light acupuncture and using... Uh, um, using also for uh, laser and microcurrent on her skin and to good effect so we we in Chinese medicine we're always going to look at what's going on on that global level with that person you know if a person's presenting with a lot of red pustuly acne we're gonna say that's a presentation of a lot of damp heat and so we're going to want to work with the diet with lifestyle with herbs that are going to help to clear that damp heat if a person has itchy red spots then we're going to actually say that's heat but that's coming from deficiency so we've got to clear the heat but we've also got to nourish the fluid aspect of that person because it's so dry so it nothing is ever oh this is this is acne this is eczema it's taken into how that presents for that person so that you have the right response that's perfect for their needs and similar to ayurveda i know that foods are associated with different elements and also different mm -hmm. properties like the um 
damp heat or cool dry or whatever similar to how the the person's constitution is as well as the conditions so when you line all that up it really does make a lot of sense it sounds very complicated to someone who's new to it and I've had some Chinese medicine training and some acupressure and I'm still like oh wait a minute okay (laughs) wood and flat I mean you know it's it, it, it takes me a little while. You're explaining it very well, by the way. Oh, but um, I remember the first time I heard it, it was during one of my modules um, at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I'm like, huh? And I, I'm like, wait, what? Can't I just take a quiz for this? And it was, I, I, I it took me a little bit. But once I kind of understood it, and then I have an acupuncturist friend who explained it, that you have to look at it three-dimensionally. And it really just like clicked. So yeah, it's, it's just such a unique practice and it's a practice with so much history and so much history of success. Yes. It it just blows my mind. I I I know it it. is so wonderful. And I have to say, I mean, my training, you know, that was four years going to school year round. And so it did not come to me overnight, but there was something about it that made very good sense to me because what Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine do is they recognize that there's not a line of delineation between how things are happening in our body and how they happen in the universe. Mm -hmm. If something's cold, you need to warm it up. If something's wet, you need to dry it out. And and we are just stardust. (laughs) And so... We are just a reflection. And so uh, if a person can begin to recognize that in ourselves, that makes this whole kind of discussion a little bit easier. Definitely. I love that. That really make that super simplifies it. And I I think that's a great starting point for someone who is new to any of this and who wants to kind of dip their toes in and then go deeper. So my next question what would you say would be some common misconceptions out there about either Chinese medicine or acupuncture? What what are questions that you get or what are kind of misinformation that you see over and over again that you're like, no, that's not true? Yes. Well, certainly the way that I practice is that it's going to be painful. And I think people get very concerned about that uh, to the point that they they won't do it. Now, some people truly have a phobia about needles. And even when I show them one of my Japanese-style needles that is thinner than a human hair, it is so thin that it requires a guide tube for that one millimeter insertion. Otherwise, the shaft of it would just wobble. So, I mean, it is such a thin, minute insertion. But even to just see that, some people still just, they freak. And that's one of those things that there's not much I can do about. Right. <laughs> but when it comes to the point of the person allowing for the treatment, um, I think that people are always surprised at how little they notice. What they notice is the pressure of the guide tube. They don't notice the, the needle going in that teensy millimeter. Um, and, and they say, is it in? You've already put one in. Let me look and see. And so that is something that I 
and in movies, there have been plenty of movies that have shown acupuncture, huge, lots of needles on people inserted deeply. That isn't certainly the way that I practice acupuncture. Um, I, to be quite honest, I think that that type of treatment where it's a lot of needles, they're inserted deeply, I think that's more than most people's energy can handle. So and it should be something that should be incredibly relaxing and rejuvenating. Um, but I think another misconception that a lot of people have is that acupuncture is only for pain. Mm. And um, I have to say, pain is something that I work with a lot of patients on, but I have a full-spectrum practice. Actually, what I tend to work a lot on um, are emotional issues uh, for children, for women, and for men. Um, certainly, pain can often be related back to that, but I work a lot with digestive issues, um, hormonal issues. Uh, it's amazing to me the gamut that acupuncture is able to work with. But again, that goes back to how we started our discussion. It's because what it does is it takes that person out of a sympathetic override, a fight or flight pattern, and they get into a place of deep relaxation and healing. And then they're the ones that are allowing for the healing to happen in whatever capacity it may be presenting. So it's a very full spectrum type of medicine as well. Um, so I would definitely say that too. Excellent. Now, mm -hmm. do you incorporate a lot of herbs, Chinese herbs, into your practice? Well, that was part of my training. Uh, that's part of why it took four years. It was a huge, huge understanding of the Materia Medica of traditional Chinese medicine. And it is, it's a relationship that a practitioner develops with those herbs. And when I see their... They're, if I see them in a formula, I immediately know why they're there. I know what they're doing. I know what the energetic property is, the channels they're entering, that sort of thing. So I do still work with Chinese herbs, but uh, what I like, what I have found is that people are so taxed um, because of their lifestyles, because of different toxicities that we are surrounded by, um, the foods they're eating. Um, I find that. It is important sometimes, quite often actually, to work with other supplements that help to raise that person's vitality at a cellular level. And then what I like to do is bring in the Chinese herbal formulas to help round out what is most specific to that person. So I like to use uh, really cellular healing formulas and then round out the picture with the Chinese herbs. We talked about how there are certain people who are just not ready for acupuncture yet. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the things that we hear about acupuncture is that it is a very safe modality yes. compared to some other ones. Mm -hmm. In what cases would a person really just not be ready for it yet? Mm -hmm. And how would you determine that? Right. As I say, some people are very, very, very depleted. And in those instances, even with a millimeter insertion, maybe just on five or six, six points on the body, it's more injury than their body can handle. And um, I, that is an instance where with people like that, I say we're going we're gonna to use other modalities. And that's where I get into working with the cold laser and I work with a technique uh, that has been used for the centuries with uh, the acupuncture needles. It's called moxibustion. Yes. 
Yeah, and I love Mark Sebastian. Um, and that with that mugwort right back there. I see mugwort behind me. Very nice. <laughs> yes, it's mugwort. That's a common name. It's Artemisia vulgaris is the Latin. And uh, what you do with this technique is you're actually using a little bit of an ember of this herb to bring some heat back into the body. So where the needles manipulate, they they do create us a, a micro injury. Um, the moxa is very nice, especially when we keep it just a very warming moxa technique. It actually drives energy in the far infrared spectrum back into the body. Mm. So it gives the person back some energy that is really needed sometimes. And so to me, that is a wonderful modality to use if we're not able to use the needles. Um, the other is that I also use medicinal grade essential oils and treatment. And I'll use that on kind of a five element perspective. And uh, in fact, that's often how I treat kids is with a combo of working with the cold laser with the, with the essential oils. And they love it. They love it. And um, which is so neat. We have really good outcome. And it's nice to use the oils because, and of course, their parents can go home and use us therapeutically away from treatment, which is great. And many of them do, which is really good. Now, talk to me about the cold laser. I've heard of it, and this is different from the other types of laser that we see in either medical spas or dermatologists' offices. Um, it's not the same as a, a Fraxel or one of these no. other types that can actually cause a lot of deep inflammation to the skin. That's talk great. to me about how it's different and what the benefits are. Well, what it does at its essence, it, and this is not a um, this is not an alternative concept. This has actually been studied. What what happens is is it at the molecular level, the ATP production is increased in the cell itself. And so, what we're doing ATP is the energy that drives the processes of every cell in our body. And so, when we can enhance that activity of ATP, we are enhancing the energy at a cellular level at the place where that is being administered. And so, uh, that's what that does. There's it, there's no sensation that comes with it. It's like I say, it's a cold laser. Another type of laser that I work with is a scalar laser, and a scalar laser is a type of laser that has it is it is not impeded in its light flow and so that's another that I'll use and sometimes what I'll do is on the same acupuncture channel um, I might take one laser at the end of the channel and one laser at the other end of the channel so that we can drive energy throughout the entire meridian and that's another thing that I again like doing um, especially for kids um, because it's something that has a very potent sublime effect but it has no it it causes them no discomfort um, and that's that's um, just such a good therapy so I like to use that I also like to use that as I say on the face in treatment because if we can increase that that ATP production uh, on the face we're increasing cellular respiration Absolutely. and that is so important and I have to say it's really neat um, the laser is something that I've used for patients with pain. When we put it on a place where a person's had kind of a chronic pain going on there and, and we'll do maybe, you know, four minutes or so just kind of moving in that area, it's amazing the improvement in the pain presentation that the person has. And again, without any cost of any type of um, injury, um, you know, or discomfort in any way. So and that's, that's so important because you always have to weigh the benefit versus whatever risk 
and the person's ability to heal from whatever happens. That's right. Even even as we were saying, with some people being so depleted, they can't even heal from a micro injury that a one millimeter insertion from a needle thinner than a human hair would cause. Yes, it's It's too much for them. And I've seen that happen, unfortunately, even in my own treatments, you know, and that's when you know, whoa, that was too much. We can't go there right now. Even that light of a treatment, that was still too much. And now we've got to go work with other things. Now, after an acupuncture treatment or someone who has regular acupuncture treatments, what type of home care do you typically recommend for them? Yeah, that's a great question. Because to me, that's a big part of what I'm doing is I'm always trying to get my patients to do their homework. And I tell them, I don't want you coming to see me very often. And I do that by them going home and taking care of themselves. Now, that may include supplements, but it always includes discussion around their nutrition, uh, their sleep cycle, good sleep hygiene. All of that matters so much. And so immediately following treatment, as that person comes out of the treatment room and I, and I kind of see how they are, oftentimes they're really, really relaxed. And it's so good. And I will tell them, look, you just go take it easy today. And even if they come out and they're feeling energized, I'll say one of the good things about acupuncture is it helps you get real clear on what your body needs. And so just follow the direction of what your body's asking for for the rest of the day. This is not a time to go out and take an eight mile hike up a hill. This is, you know, be good to yourself. If you feel like taking a little walk out in the sunshine, go do it. But sometimes, you know, people will say, you know, I really just kind of want to go home and and take a nap and then go do it. That's a sign that your body is needing that additional recovery right now. And so if you can accommodate it, do it. I, I like to see patients get to the point very quickly where coming to see me or any other acupuncturist is only because what we're doing is we are helping to just kind of keep the momentum of the merry-go-round going for that person. You know, you just touch it. It doesn't take much, and it just keeps it going. And starting from the drawing board every single time, it's it's in motion, and you're just continuing to turn the wheel. I love that analogy. That's it. Yes. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fantastic information. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Well... Thank you for asking. Um, I think it's very important in this age that we live in <laughs> that people are very mindful of, of the places where they can make change in their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I alluded to earlier, and we both know, there's plenty of toxicity and weirdness in the world that we live in right now. So where you can make change, do And so for me, people can always make change around their diet. So look to ways that you can enhance that, you know, bring more produce into the diet, prepare foods in a way that they're very bioavailable for the body. Um, That, that really is so important and something all of us can do and ways to bring down the stress level. One of the best ways to do that is, I said this earlier, sleep hygiene and how we create the right atmosphere for sleep for ourselves. And, um, you know, dimming the lights, getting off the screens, um, just slowly but surely going to that, that more quiet, deeper place. Get into bed and, you know, have a nice book that you enjoy reading or doing some journaling. Sleeping in a really dark room, if yes. needed, with white noise. It's so important. It and is lights, so important. Alarm clocks, it can be so disruptive. 
so terribly destructive. And and boy, I'll tell you, research has shown, and I've certainly felt it in myself, when a person doesn't get a good night's sleep, what they do the next day is they crave carbohydrates a lot more. Oh, interesting. And it's and from a Chinese medicine perspective, it makes sense. It's because that person is depleted. And uh, so what do we reach for for a quick energy rush? We reach for sugars because it's a quick return on investment. Well, over time, that's going to really tax us. It's going to do a number on our skin. And yes. it's going to continue to create a pattern of up and down of, of sugar highs and lows in our body. We don't need that. Right. And so sleep is imperative. It's also a time... Research is finding now that it's a time when the the cerebral spinal fluid that in, engulfs our entire brain and our in our spine that innervates our entire body, that's when that detoxifies. Mm. And so we really really need good solid sleep. So eating well, uh, drinking good water, uh, you know, getting out into the sunshine. Um, I know everybody is so phobic of getting to the sun, but we need to remember we are creatures of the solar system. Yes, we are. We are, and our skin converts very important chemicals uh, when it's not uh, covered in a sunscreen. So we all need to get full sun exposure for a few minutes every day if we can accommodate it. It will make, and it's very good for our pineal gland, and again, it sets us up for a good sleep cycle. So getting out in the sunshine, getting good sleep. <laughs> that sounds great. I mean, it, again, it's so simple. These are such simple changes that people can incorporate into their lifestyles. A lot of people I come across think that getting healthier is so complicated and so expensive. And you just said, eat more vegetables, get better sleep, go out in the sun and drink water. Yes. Simple. I mean, come on, right? Right. That's four things that everyone can start doing right now. Right now. And right. there's nothing mysterious or foreign about that. Not it's, at all. That's about as real as you can get. <laughs> yes. So that's awesome. Before we go, I wanted to ask where people can find you on the internet to get more information and connect with you more. Sure, thanks. Well, I have a blog. It's called naturallylivingtoday.com, and that's a that's a surefire way to connect with me. Um, I also have written a book called The Funky Kitchen, and I have a six week thank you. I have a six week course around that. And um, so, if someone wants to learn a little bit more about that course, uh, the page for that is funkykitchenfresh.com. Um, and those would be probably the best two ways. Um, and I, I'm really good about responding to people. Well, Sarika, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. This was really awesome information. And I know everybody is going to just love hearing it. So, thank you so much. Thanks for here. Hey, thanks for watching and thanks so much to Sarika for such amazing information. Be sure you check out her website, www.naturallylivingtoday.com and her book, The Funky Kitchen. I'm Rachel Pontillo from holisticallyhote.com and I will see you soon.